Well, good evening. It's good to see everybody that's here tonight. Glad to have those of you who are joining with us uh, online there, whether you're on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube, you can watch us on any one of those platforms. If you uh, want to go back and catch any of our previous services, you can also go uh, to those channels on each one of those and go back and see any of those uh, videos there. They're logged there. You can be able to see those. So I encourage you to take the time uh, to do that if you need to do that. Uh, be sure to sh share, to heart, to like uh, the post there. Click the notification bell. That way you'll get the notification every time we go live on, on YouTube. Uh, and then be sure to subscribe on YouTube. That'll also get you there to uh, receiving it every time we go live. Our phone live streaming automatically calls uh, individuals, and so uh, welcome to those of you who are joining with us on our phone live streaming. Uh, glad to have you with us tonight. If you are there on the website, I want to encourage you to go to HighlandBaptistChurch.com. Uh, it's under the info tab there that you can download this week's worship bulletin. Uh, it has all the upcoming activities that are coming up, usually for two weeks or so uh, down the road, so just want to encourage you to do that. If you need one in person, they're in the windowsills here at the doors uh, as you leave, uh, so be sure to get one of those. Uh, but you can download it there on the church website. You can also download uh, under the info tab there the worship bulletins for the children. Uh, those are in the windowsill to my right if you want to grab any those anytime that they're left over, especially if they're left over after Sunday. And that way you can be able to take them and give them to others uh, to share with them. You can also share the link that's there on our HighlandBaptistChurch.com website. And while you're there under the info tab, especially for tonight, be sure to get tonight's prayer list uh, downloaded there. We'll be going over some of those prayer uh, requests that are there, giving you some updates on some. Maybe you have some here in person tonight uh, to add or to update. Uh, if you have any of those at home and you want to give us an update, be sure to go over to Facebook. That's where we'll see the live notification that you'll give us. Uh, you can comment on any of the other platforms, but we'll only see it live on Facebook. We'll check it as we go through the prayer list tonight. And so be sure to get on Facebook there and give us any requests. You can send those to us uh, through the church email at HighlandBaptistTullahoma at gmail.com or HighlandBaptist at cafes.net. Uh, you can also call the church office uh, and let us know about those requests, and we'll be glad to put those uh, on the prayer list. And then we also have our offering there. Just want to encourage you to go to the far right-hand side, click the Give Online tab. Easy platform that you can do there to set up your online giving. Anybody can do that even in person. Uh, here you can just pull out your phone, go to the church website, click that. You can give your uh, regular budget offering. You can give to the uh, Lottie Moon Christmas offering. You can give to the Annie Armstrong Easter offering as that will be coming up. Uh, and just uh, there's a few other things that are listed there uh, also as designated offerings. So just wanted to make you aware of those things uh, as we do each week to remind you about that because uh, we do have new people who watch uh, each week. So Brother Mike, if you'll come and lead us in our hymn. Take your hymnals, everybody. Let's sing Christ Receive the Sinful Men. We'll do all four verses, Ben. Ms. Rima? Sinner Jesus will receive See it all and 
my prayer request to pop up on my device, so I had to go print it off real quick on the other one. So let me pull that off, get to there. my volume down I want to be over on Facebook where I can see any of your requests uh, that you might uh, share with us there so uh, as you look at your prayer list So be sure to comment there if you're on Facebook, you have any prayer requests or you have uh, any other updates. Um, let me just go ahead and uh, draw your attention on the prayer list there. If you didn't get one, they are down here on the front. Uh, just raise your hand and uh, one of us will be glad to come around and give you one. Okay. Uh, as you look at the prayer list under the Highland Baptist Church family side there, the very first section there, uh, it's good to see Brother Jack here with us. Again, he's had several things going on recently. Okay. So he's over the COVID, and, uh, but his surgery has been delayed, and we'll update you on that as soon as he knows when that's going to be. Um, we do want to continue to remember David Hess uh, with his chemo treatments and uh, just continue to pray for him. Uh, Steve Connor had his carpal tunnel uh, surgery uh, last week and everything's going well with that from what I understand, but just continue to keep him in your prayers. Pray for Bertie Davis. She's had some issues uh, still getting some things uh, checked out and some tests run, uh, but just continue to remember her uh, in your prayers. And then as you move on down uh, into the the nursing home assisted living, uh, just uh, the only change there is, and it's not really a change, is that Susie Barton is at NHC uh, Tullahoma. She's in the skilled nursing section there, so I want to remember her uh, in prayer. They hope to have her there for a couple of weeks and then to move her to another uh, one of the homes here uh, in town, so keep uh, them in your prayers. Uh, also want to uh, just remind you uh, on the friends and family side there of a few, uh, do we have any update on Braden? Yeah. Okay. That's great. So we have Braden Wyndham that's on the uh, prayer list there for a mass on the column, but everything looks great. Uh, everything was clear. So uh, we praise the Lord for that and we'll remove him off the prayer list. Uh, on our next list. Uh, David Wall, who has filled in for me uh, several times, uh, he's uh, been the pastor at Harmony, but now uh, has retired from there, but he had a stroke uh, back in December and is now gonna have to have uh, open heart uh, bypass surgery uh, on Friday uh, on the 13th. And so we wanna keep him in prayer as he has that surgery. Uh, Steve Maybe is uh, in the midst of his chemo treatment still. Okay, 
So they just recommended to continue on with him. Uh, he was at MD Anderson today. Uh, and so just be in prayer that uh, the process that they're doing will be the right process uh, for his situation there. Uh, we do want to also remember uh, Jason Ramsey. Uh, he was the pastor at Center Grove Baptist. Uh, he is still at uh, Vanderbilt. Uh, the last update that I've gotten, he's still there, uh, pretty much in a comatose state. Uh, he's had a, um, uh, um, autoimmune disease uh, for some time. He had some issues with it several years ago with his foot and had to have it in a cast for a while, I mean in a, a brace for a while uh, as it healed. Um, but now all of that is beginning to affect that he got over that part, but now it's affecting his other organs, kidney failure and several other things. So we want to remember him uh, in our prayers. Uh, Jason Curtis, who is the pastor at Liberty Baptist, if you'll remember his, Laura, his wife Laura passed away uh, last year and uh, he's still struggling with grief a lot. So just want to continue to uplift him in your prayers. Uh, Dennis McCullough is Samantha's uh, brother-in-law. Uh, he had a stroke. Uh, right back around Christmas time there, right before Christmas. Uh, he just got out of the hospital two days ago, I believe it is, uh, but still has a lot of ongoing issues from the stroke, isn't able to communicate well, and that's been a real struggle for his wife, uh, Samantha's sister, uh, being able to understand and stuff, and uh, even like when he goes to, she goes to work, uh, he just cries because she has to go, and so uh, just want to uplift them in your prayers. And then also we have down there to remember the Motlow BCM, uh, there, uh, they had some water damage. If you remember the freeze that we had at, at Christmas, well, the pipes busted there in the ceiling. Uh, the kitchen is a disaster. Uh, the big common area is a disaster. Uh, they have had the insurance adjusters out today and such, and so we just want to pray for Nathan and them as they uh, seek to get everything remodeled out there and, and refixed and whatever needs to be done there. But right now, they're not doing any of their ministry uh, because of that. So be in prayer for them uh, as uh, the school semester is getting ready to begin back again uh, shortly here. And hopefully they can get some things at least moving to be able to use some part of the facility uh, for the ministry there to the students at Motlow. And then also I wanted to give you an update on Katie Pugh, uh, who is on the list there. Uh, Ella Thames had given her, her to us. Uh, uh, I believe she's a school teacher. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, down there at Rock Springs area, uh, Estill Springs. Uh, and so uh, she said that she had her last PET scan last Thursday. Uh, and according to the report, there was a new spot that was showing up that wasn't in the other scans. She met with the doctor uh, today for follow-up. This was yesterday for uh, follow-up procedures and to look at the picture from the scan, but he's confident that that new spot is just the thymus repairing itself from the cancer and, and the chemo. He's seen that same thing uh, before, and so he may at some point want to try to do a biopsy on it to make sure it's not cancerous, uh, but everything looks really good. Uh, and for her prognosis there. And, and so at least for the moment being and what the tests have come back, she is cancer free. So we just wanna praise the Lord for that with Katie Pugh. Any others that we need to update or any others that we need to add? Yes. Yes. <laughs> It's a, it's, a, it's a Donna's grandson and his and and his wife are having the baby uh, right now, I guess, as we speak. So, 
uh, if you hear her shout, hallelujah, <laughs> you know what's going on over there. Yeah, sorry, it's a blow to my ego, it wasn't my sermon. <laughs> so. All right, any others? And I don't see any there on Facebook, so uh, be sure if you do have a request there and you didn't get it in uh, before we gave these uh, prayer requests, uh, be sure to go ahead and do that even any time. We'll come back to that later uh, and be able to add those to the prayer list later. So uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer for these prayer requests, maybe other unspoken needs that you have uh, on your heart. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for who you are and your grace and your mercy and thank you for your loving kindness. Father, we pray that uh, as we come before you tonight, Lord, we want you to hear our prayers, but we know that you, your word has told us that if we have regarded or held on to iniquity, to sin in our hearts, uh, that you will not hear from on high. And so, Father, I pray that uh, first and foremost, as we come into your holy presence, you are a holy and a righteous God uh, who, who demands, Lord, our obedience and our love from you. Uh, you are a jealous God and, and don't want us uh, focusing on other things in this world, but to be focused on you and you alone. And so, Father, I pray that uh, we would make sure that if there is any area of our lives where we have sinned and disobeyed what you have told us not to do, or maybe there's some area in our life where you've commanded us to do some things that maybe we didn't do it, uh, and that is sin. Uh, or Lord, uh, maybe there's some things that we've uh, just, just omitted in, in our hearts and in our lives. Uh, we just ask that you would forgive us and cleanse us with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. We repent of our sin, we turn away from it, and we turn to follow you. And we just ask, Heavenly Father, for your will to be done in our hearts and in our lives. We come submitting ourselves to you and asking, Lord, for you to use us, uh, to minister in and through us, to fill us with the power of the Holy Spirit, to be used by you. And Father, we just ask your blessings uh, on your word tonight that we're going to study. We pray that it'll be powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. We pray that it'll go forth and not return void, and that even those, whether we are here is, and we don't know Christ as our Lord and Savior, uh, that we will hear the gospel message in this Old Testament passage in Hosea. Uh, and if we do know Christ as our Lord and Savior, that we would be encouraged and even uh, sense the urgency of what we need to be about doing in the way that you have loved us and pursued after us. And so, Father, as we come before you tonight, we come, Lord, uh, just thanking you for the many blessings that you've already given. Uh, there's been several that we've been able to remove from the prayer list because you've answered the prayers there, and we just give you the glory and the honor for what you have done and for all that you are doing and continuing to do in those individuals' lives. And we just ask your blessings to continue to be upon them uh, in the days ahead, even though they may not be on our particular list. Uh, Father, we just pray also uh, that you would be with uh, those that are on this list that are still in need. Uh, some, Lord, who are uh, in the hospitals, some, Lord, who uh, are at home that are sick, some in the nursing homes. And we just ask, God, for your divine healing hand to be upon them. You are the great physician, and we just uplift them to you, wrap your loving arms around them, touch them, and, and bring a mighty 
mighty miracle into their hearts and their lives, that we would testify uh, of your grace and your mercy and your glory as you bring that healing. Because we know, Lord, that ultimately uh, the healing physically is not uh, the most important thing. It's the healing spiritually. Uh, and so, Father, I pray that uh, you will use these situations that these individuals are going through, that if they don't know Christ, uh, Lord, to, that you would use this to bring them to faith in Christ. Uh, and, Father, that you'll make yourself known to them through bringing about this miracle in their lives. And to others, Lord, who are already saved, give them strength, Lord, and, and may you use what you do in their lives to be a testimony and a witness to the lost and dying world uh, around them. Lord, we pray that you would lay upon our hearts uh, whatever way that we might minister to these individuals, at least that we would continue, God, to pray for them, to uplift them, Lord, and, and ask for your will to be done, for you to uh, bring about that divine healing. But, Lord, we know sometimes uh, that is not your will at the time. And so, Father, we pray that you will be with those individuals to give them strength. Uh, Father, to keep persevering, uh, and th through that perseverance, may that be a witness and a testimony also. Father, we pray that uh, you will just uh, do a wonderful work in each one of these lives, and we just ask your blessings upon them. Lord, shower them as your Bible, the Word says to us uh, in the Bible, Lord, that your grace is sufficient for all of our needs. Shower these individuals with your grace and with your mercy and with your loving kindness. And we give you the glory and the honor for all that you're doing and for all that you're going to do. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen and amen. Uh, I'm not sure I may have had another sheet down there that had some other updates uh, from previous ones that we had on the list, but I think I covered most of the ones that I did have updates for. Take your Bibles tonight, if you will, and turn to the book of Hosea. Uh, if you find the book of Psalms and you know where Matthew is in the beginning of the, the New Testament there, uh, it's about halfway between the two. And so uh, you'll find uh, the book of Daniel as you're thumbing through there also. It's right after the book of Daniel. We went over Hosea chapter 1 last week and we began to see in those verses the greatest love story. Uh, begin there in those verses where uh, Hosea is told by the Lord that I want you to go and get married. Uh, that's great. Hosea is a prophet. He's a preacher, if you will, in our terms today. Uh, he's a preacher, but he's been told, I want you to go get married, but here's what I want you to go get married to. I want you to go get married to a prostitute. I want you to go get married to this harlot. And there she is. Her name is Gomer. Uh, now, uh, to be in that position in what she was doing, she probably on the outside was beautiful, uh, but on the inside uh, was not where she needed to be. Uh, and so he did marry her, uh, but things began to go astray there. You remember that uh, they had two children uh, that, uh, b to begin with here, uh, it says that she at least uh, gave birth to two children and then a third. And uh, with each one of those, it's almost like uh, the light begins to come on for Hosea. Wait a second, something's not right here. And he begins to realize that although she may have at some point there when, when they were betrothed to each other, uh, promised that she was going to leave that lifestyle and leave that behind, she goes back. And we find out that, in fact, in the names of the children, 
there's some uh, foretelling there, some foreshadowing uh, that there is no mercy, uh, that these are not my people, uh, reminding them that this is not, uh, these, these children in fact were not uh, his. And so that's kind of where uh, we are. And yet we ended the chapter uh, being reminded that there was still uh, hope even in the midst of all the judgment that God was going to bring upon the nation of Judah and Israel. Uh, If you remember, we talked about that last time, uh, that this is a point in time in the history of Israel, uh, that after King David, after Solomon, uh, the nation broke into two parts. Uh, There's a northern kingdom called Israel. There's a southern part of the kingdom called Judah. uh, And we find that the northern kingdom had long before Judah did uh, turned their hearts away from God and began to follow the false gods. And so God begins to bring judgment upon them, uh, even as Hosea is speaking and talking about this and writing writing this uh, word for us and what God has told him uh, to do here. And yet, uh, it's also a warning to the southern kingdom of Judah of what's about to come for them. That yes, there is grace and mercy for the moment for them, uh, but if they continue down the path they're headed down, they're headed down the same path that the northern kingdom Israel uh, is. And in fact, both we find out through history there and through the Bible are both cast out. Uh, They both are taken captive uh, and destroyed. The nation is, the the temple is. Uh, And so when we come to the end of chapter 1, one, uh, we found out that uh, all of this had happened. She had, uh, she had conceived and, and bore a child, uh, bore a son. Uh, they said, call his name Jezreel. Uh, if you remember Jezreel, uh, Jezreel was uh, just a, it was a, um, a, that's a place that's very prominent for us uh, in history. The Valley of Jezreel uh, is something we remember about. Uh, in verse 6, she conceived and bore the daughter, uh, and that's the one that uh, was called No Mercy. And then he, she bore another son uh, as we came to the closing uh, of this, and that final one uh, was not my child. And so we come to chapter 2, and we find that there's trouble at the preacher's house. There's trouble at the prophet's house. His worst fears have now been confirmed. Uh, The Lord said to him, go take to yourself Gomer as your wife, but Hosea, I want you to know that she's a prophet. And this is one of those strange mysteries we talked about last week uh, in the dealings of of the Lord in Acts chapter 15 and verse 18. uh, And I'd encourage you if you have some questions about that to go look at our discussion on the previous message uh, back on YouTube there. Uh, But Acts 15 and and verse 8 is a helpful verse in that connection because there it says, now this is the English Standard Version that says known from of old, but if you look at the King James Version it says known unto God are all his works from the beginning beginning of the world. Now there are some things about the ways of God that we just don't know and we won't know until we get to heaven. Uh, But there are things that we do know. God knows and God knows what he's doing. God knows his plan. God knows his purposes. Uh, The Bible says that his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. So this is one of those strange perplexing accounts in the Bible that we'll have to wait for the Lord to answer in heaven. Now you could almost make this akin though to the book of Habakkuk that we studied uh, back in December uh, that when you read the book of Habakkuk, Uh, Habakkuk had some issues with God and was actually debating God because God was using a godless nation 
to bring judgment upon his people. And, and Habakkuk was like, how could you possibly, you're supposed to turn away from sin, how could you possibly use wickedness to bring a, a more wicked nation than us to bring judgment on us? Uh, and so Habakkuk had some problems with that, but he began to realize as God spoke to him that God can do whatever he wants the way he wants to. And we see that even here in the book of Hosea. So this is one of those strange perplexing accounts in the Bible that'll just have to wait for the Lord to answer in heaven. But when you get to heaven, it's not going to matter then anyway, because you're going to be face to face with the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You're going to be praising him around the throne. All those things are going to be water under the bridge, and you're not even going to uh, even think about the answers to those questions when you get to heaven as we think about uh, I'll wait and I'll ask the Lord that well somehow the Lord in his plan and in his providence said to Hosea you're going to marry a woman who's a prostitute now Hosea finds that that that's just exactly what God had said to him is coming to pass and it hits him uh, like a hammer uh, this marital tragedy in the life of this preacher, Hosea, is used as a backdrop, if you will, for God to teach the tremendous uh, lesson of his love for his people. Uh, that God loves us with an infinite love. Uh, there's no way that we could fully understand or comprehend the great love of God for us. So many times God uses pictures. He uses analogies or illustrations uh, in the Bible to picture uh, different things and especially about his love. All of the illustrations that God uses for his love, uh, the marriage, uh, the illustration of marriage, that is probably uh, the most meaningful of all the illustrations about his love. And so the marriage relationship is so intense and so intimate that God uses it to describe the love that is to be between him and his redeemed people. God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have loved you with a love that is out of sight out of this world. So the marriage relationship is very important and, and an individual, uh, when, when an individual breaks that marriage vow and sins against the, the love of a spouse, it's a very serious matter. It, it's also a very serious matter when we as God's children sin against a loving heavenly father who loved you enough to send his only begotten son to die on the cross for your sins. And so it's a, it's a very serious matter when we sin against him and when we're unfaithful to him, untrue to him, and we go after uh, other lovers, if you will, in that kind of vernacular and description here of marriage, and go after other gods, other things in our life that we put before God. And the Bible says that we're to love the Lord our God with all of our what? With all of our heart with all of our soul, with all of our strength, with all of our mind, with all of our might. When we turn away from his love and from this love for the Lord and we begin to love the things of this world, the Bible uses a, a, a term to describe it called spiritual adultery or, or as we see here in this uh, book in Hosea, whoredom or prostitution, if you will. In James chapter 4 and verse 4, here's what the New Testament says. It says, you adulterous people, 
Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Now, that's a, a, a consternation there for us also because we realize that as believers, we're to be in the world but not of the world. We're to be witnessing to the world. We're to be making friends with lost people so that we can lead them in faith in Christ. So what does he mean there? If you wish to be a friend of the world, it's when you begin to be a friend of the world that you begin to be influenced by the world. When you begin to let the world draw you away from the Lord, you become then an enemy of God. And so it's a very serious matter when we sin against the love of God. Of course, when we when we sin against the love of the Lord, it's a picture to use uh, to us in the Bible uh, of our spiritual unfaithfulness. God expects us to be totally faithful to him, just like God expects mar in marriage you to be faithful to your spouse, faithful to one another. I mean, think about it. What would you do if, if your spouse came to you and said, dear, I know that I love you and you know I love you, and I want you to know that 90% of the time I'm going to be faithful to you. But about 10% out of the year, there's this, there's this old guy back there, this old girl back there uh, that, that, that I knew back in high school days that, that I'm just going to spend some time with that person. But I want you to know 90% of the time you have my loyalty. Would you buy that? N no, of course not. You'd say, uh, I don't know about this now. I think this is over <laughs> from the beginning, from the start here. Uh, you wouldn't buy that because partial loyalty is total disloyalty. 90% faithfulness to the Lord is not sufficient. God wants us 100% faithful to him, that we don't put anything else in our lives ahead of him. Truthfully, it's kind of hard to follow the language of Hosea because here's a prophet of a broken heart. Here's a prophet who has this marital problem in his own life, and he's trying to work through it, and it's very difficult to put emotion, if you will, on the flat pages uh, and writing it out. It's kind of like when you're, uh, you're writing a tweet or you're writing something on social media. Uh, people can take what you write there, uh, and they read their own emotion into it and read something you didn't intend uh, in the way that you wrote the words that you wrote there. It's like even reading here. You don't get all the emotion as if you were sitting face to face with Hosea and you could see his body language. You could see the brokenness. You could see the sorrow uh, on his heart and on his face and in his body. It's very difficult to write with cool words uh, the emotion that comes into a heart after a marital tragedy. Well, Hosea's life is a life of real sorrow. He has sunless days, he has sleepless nights because his wife, Gomer, is being unfaithful to him. As we talked about last week, when the third child comes along, it's like, poof, the light bulb comes on, and then he starts thinking, well, wait a minute, what about the first two? Are those even my children? How long has she been being unfaithful to me? And he's going to have to deal with all of this, and he's going to have to talk to the children. You know, that's the persons who suffer the most in marital problems are the children. And he's going to have to talk to the children uh, a little bit about this. And so I have a feeling uh, that though this is just kind of reading between the lines, but I have the feeling that he and Gomer probably had an, an ugly confrontation, if you will. I think he gave her the evidence. We talked about last week when he, he begins to realize this is not, if we put it in our vernacular today, in our setting today, it'd be like uh, Dr. Phil, as we said last week, or some show like that where uh, they come on and say, well, the DNA says she's the mother, 
but you're not the father. And that's where he was here. And so he's presenting the evidence to her that these last two children were not his own. He's a little bit concerned about the first one also. And so he's had a child now uh, that instead of Ami, so if you look at the, uh, the Hebrew there, it's the word Ami, uh, is named Lo-Ami. Instead of my people, is called not my people. He has a daughter whose name is Ruhamah, which means pity, uh, it, it's not Ruhamah, uh, but lo Ruhamah, which means not pitied. There's not going to be any pity, no mercy uh, for, uh, for this child and for the nation here. And so he confronts Gomer with her infidelity. He confronts her with her unfaithfulness. And I have a feeling there was probably an explosion, as there many times is, in those kind of relationships when uh, everything hits the fan, if you will, there. And so she says, that's exactly right, Hosea. I just can't stand it here. Uh, you've heard those conversations before. I know many times in counseling I've heard those conversations before. I don't love you. I don't like the kind of life you're living. It's Bible and prayer all the time. Your idea of good time is uh, here if we looked at Hosea is going to preach somewhere. Uh, you're just a preacher. I have to be associated with all these uh, deadbeat people that show up in your meeting. No, I'm not staying with you, Hosea. I'm getting out of here. I've had it. I'm going back to my old way of life. I'm going back to being a prostitute. That's the life for me. She's making her plans to go back to her old way of life. And as we're going to discover here in chapter 2 of Hosea, when a person makes up their mind to depart from the Lord, it's not going to be near as easy as they think it is. Now, I know many times I've had individuals come to me for counseling in marriage, and I would say nine times out of ten, they've already decided what they're going to do. They're looking for justification to do what they want to do. And so they've already made up their mind, and there's very little I could say to them to, to help them work through uh, the things that they're going through. Should, if they had come sooner, maybe things could have been different. But here for Gomer, she's made up her mind. She's leaving him. She's gone. She's out of there. And this is not going to be easy not easy for her, uh, not easy for Hosea also. You know, a lot of people think they can just wander away from the Lord and it's no big deal. It's not a serious problem. Things aren't going to be so bad. But when you read this account of what happens to Gomer as she leaves the home of Hosea, you're going to find out that it's going to be hard, a harder road to hoe than she ever imagined that it would be. So if you have ever or if you have ever even imagined uh, the thinking about wandering away from the Lord, uh, I've got good news. I've got good news for you. It's, it's going to be, uh, it's not going to be near as much fun as you think it's going to be. So notice her departure. We see her departure in verse 1 through verse 5. We're just going to begin with verse 1 and verse 2 to start with here, her departure. So verse 1 begins and says, Say to your brothers, you are my people, and to your sisters, you have received mercy. Now, that's contrary to the names that has already been named of the children. One, it was said, you're not going to have mercy. And the other was, you're not my people. So now God is saying to him, say to the people, there is still hope. And that's always the message that even though God says he is righteous, he is holy, here is his standard, you have sinned against him, you deserve punishment, you deserve death, he says, but hold on, there's good news for you. I've got some news for you. I sent my son to pay the penalty for your sin. 
And so here we see that kind of picture in the wording of what Hosea is saying here, what God's told him to say. So he says, God says to him, say to your brothers, you are my people and to your sisters, you have received mercy. Plead with your mother, plead, for she is not my wife and I am not her husband, that she put away her whoring from her face and her adultery from between her breasts. Hosea evidently is calling the children in. He's telling them to talk to their mother. He's basically saying, like we would say today, she's getting ready to leave. Uh, he, he's saying that she's already broken the marriage relationship. Uh, he's basically saying she's not my wife. I'm not her husband. Uh, the reality has, has gone out of our relationship. Uh, children, talk to your mother. See if you can talk some kind of sense into her. The children had probably been uh, dropping little hints along the way. Now, these are not little babies at this time. They've, they've grown at some point through this story here. And so uh, maybe they've been dropping hints around and Hosea just wasn't getting it. And maybe he was out on some of his preaching trips, his ministry uh, as a prophet there. And now he tells the children to talk to their mother. Uh, verse 3, he says, uh, here's, what I want you to, here's what you need to know. Uh, you need to talk to her about her adultery, lest I strip her naked and make her in the as in the day she was born, and make her like a wilderness, and make her like a parched land, and kill her with thirst. Upon her children also I will have no mercy, because they are children of whoredom. And so Hosea is saying, children, talk to your mother. See if you can get her to decide to stay with me. Be faithful to me. Work this thing out. Because if she leaves, I'm going to fight her every step of the way. Uh, you know, it's not going to be near as much fun as she thinks it's going to be. And, and so if you're made as being unfaithful, fight for them. Fight for her. Fight for him. Don't give up so easily. You know, people give up too easily today. Uh, you ought to fight for your marriage. God fights for you. Uh, God loves you, and, and he doesn't want you to hurt yourself, and God doesn't want you to, to get in, uh, into unfaithful, promiscuous relationships with the gods of this world. So if you make up your mind that you're going to depart from him, depart from God, God says essentially what Hosea is saying here, this is the analogy here uh, that he's giving to the nation of Israel here, is that if you make up your mind to leave me, I'm going to strip you naked. I'm going to make your life miserable for you down the road. And so notice in verse 5, her painful departure. It says, For their mother has played the whore. She who conceived them has acted shamefully. For she said, I will go after my lovers who give me my bread and my water, my wool and my flax, my oil and my drink. So notice what she comes to the conclusion of. She's thinking that all the blessings and all the things she's been getting are coming from all those lovers out there, all those guys that she's uh, been with. And so she says, I'm going back out there to see my lovers again. There's some guys out there I, I used to run around with, and I'm going back to them. Uh, I'm, I'm going to have cars and clothes and perfumes and all the things that go with it. You know, there's a lot of Christians even who have the idea that they'll find their joy and their peace and what they're looking for in the things of this world. There's something she didn't know. She says in verse 5, I'm going to go after my lovers who give me my bread and my water and my wool and my flax, my oil and my drink. She didn't know really where her blessings were coming from. You know, there's a lot of people today who don't know where their blessings are coming from. Some Christians don't understand where their blessings are coming from. When you think about uh, that, that maybe you're making a, a lot of money. You, sometimes you start thinking, well, it's because of my brains. It's because of my ingenuity. 
or you don't know where your blessings are coming from when you start thinking like that. Uh, we're going to find out in just a little while where her blessings are coming from. But most people who wander away from the Lord wander away because they're, they're looking for some basic needs or desires of their hearts to be met. And they have the idea that I can find satisfaction. You know, it's kind of like the saying we always say the grass is greener on the other side. And you always think it's greener on the other side until you get to the other side. Well, that's where, where here uh, she's at, and she wants to be back out in the world. You know, the devil's real smart. Uh, the devil will get people to believing that if, if they'll live for him and live out in this world, that's going to make you happy. Uh, you're not going to be happy when you wander away from the Lord. There's no joy out there in this world. And so we see her departure. Uh, she's going to make her own way. And, and you can almost see Hosea the day that she walks out. She has her bags packed. She doesn't even say goodbye to the kids. She don't take the kids with her. She's going back out there to her life of prostitution that she was in before. That's another sad thing, as we said before, that, that when people leave and a marriage breaks up, it's the kids who suffer so many times. I want to encourage you, again, if you ever have those, those thoughts, any marital difficulties, if you have children, for the sake of the children, do anything in your power. Seek to work it out. Get some premarital, get some counseling. Get some premarital counseling before you get married. But get some counseling uh, to, to seek uh, to work things out. Do all you can uh, to work it out because the scars and the hurt that that leaves on the children is there for life. And so uh, God in his grace uh, can help you. Uh, if, if that's already happened in your life, uh, God's grace is there to help you. But some are trying to be mother and father uh, to the children. God will help you to do that. But here you see Gomer. She's wandering away from the house of Hosea. Who is the one who's been providing for her? That's the picture of God providing for us and us deciding, you know, I don't like what I have here. I think it's better out there in the world and going to the world. So we see her departure and we move into verse 6 to what we call her decline. Look in verse 6 down through verse 8. So we see her difficulties begin. At the very first, everything seems to be going quite well. She's gone back to her life of prostitution. But we discover now that she's going in a path that's in decline. And so notice that Hosea is fighting Gomer every step of the way. Uh, and so verse 6 says, Therefore, here's what Hosea says about her leaving. Therefore, I will hedge up her way with thorns, and I will build a wall against her so that she cannot find her past. Now understand all this that Hosea is saying here about her in what he said in the previous verse uh, where he was uh, going to strip her naked and, and, and back in verse 3 and make her like she was in the day she was born, make her like a wilderness, make her a parched land. All that he's saying here that I'm going to hedge away with thorns, I'm going to build a wall against her. He is not doing any of this out of retaliation. He's not doing any of this out of a, a mean-spirited, I'm going to get you because you're leaving me that's not at all what this is what this is is I'm going to do everything I can to put every obstacle in the way that I can to keep you with me because I love you even though you've done this God fights for us when we wander away from him and so for instance 
there's hindrance that we see in verse 6 that he uses. Hosea essentially is like in our day going to the bank and, and say, I must set a limit on what Gomer can spend. And he goes over to other places and I'm canceling the credit cards and she can't spend more on these cards. He's saying, I'm going to throw her into the fields of briars. I'm going to put block her in with walls. I'm going to put hindrances in the way of her life. That's exactly what the Lord does with us when we turn our backs on him and stray away from him. The Lord says, I'm going to put a hedge of thorns around them. That reminds us of the hedge that God put around Job. You remember the time when Satan went into the presence of the Lord and said, have you considered my servant? The Lord said, have you considered my servant Job? And you remember what Satan said to the Lord in Job chapter 1 and verse 9 and 10? Does Job fear God for no reason? Have you not put a hedge around him? and his house and all that he has on every side. The devil's saying, you put a hedge around Job. Isn't it wonderful to know that sometimes God puts a hedge of protection around us? We ought to be praying for a hedge of protection around our spouses. We ought to be praying for a hedge of protection around our children. I pray for my children. I pray for my granddaughter. I pray for my wife. I pray for the church that God would put a hedge of protection about us. It's wonderful that God has a hedge of protection. And I believe that nothing can come to the life of a child, that, the child of God that, first of all, doesn't come through the hands of the permissive will of God. We ought to pray for a hedge of protection, but this is a different kind of hedge that we see here. This is a hedge of complication. Sometimes when we're having problems, don't always assume that it's the devil who causes the problems. We think that everything that happens to us is the devil. Uh, that's not necessarily the case. If you're wandering away from the Lord and you're set on a life course that's leading you in the wrong direction, it may be the Lord that is putting those obstacles in your way. I mean, think about Balaam. Think about Balaam. Remember Balaam in the Old Testament? God, he, he was going to go place a curse on the nation of Israel, and he was riding on a donkey, and God puts an angel before him, and he can't even see the angel, and he won't even listen to God, and all of a sudden his donkey starts talking to him and sits down and won't go any further because he says this angel is going to kill you if I go any further. That's the kind of complication of a hedge we're talking about here. God is saying, I will put a hedge about you, whatever it takes to keep from you going astray. Later on in the book of Jonah, you remember Jonah, he was told, arise, Jonah, go to Nineveh. And what Jonah say? I'm not going to do it. I'm going the opposite direction. And he runs down and he, he gets on another ship. And, and Jonah was going on a different kind of cruise than what we go on. Uh, he had the money. He had, uh, the Bible says, he, he got the ticket. He got in the ship. And you remember when, you remember there was a storm that came? Who sent the storm? God did. God did. The Lord sent the storm. The Lord sends some storms into our life. You go away from the Lord, and you're going to find yourself in the biggest storm that you've ever had in all of your life. Now, it didn't start out that way for Gomer. Everything seemed to be looking good for her. She's thinking, yeah, I made the right decision. I'm out here, uh, and, and I don't need uh, Hosea anymore. Everything's looking pretty good, but the Lord is getting a hedge of thorns around her. Complications are getting ready to come, those hindrances. But notice also there is heartache in verse 7. It says, she shall pursue her lovers, but not overtake them. And she shall seek them, 
but shall not find them. Then she shall say, I will go and return to my first husband, for it was better for me then than now. That's saying that she's not going to find what she's looking for out there. Things aren't going to be pleasant with her. And, and so uh, they started off real well. She was one of the high rollers, if you will. But, but now things are going to take a, a drastic turn. You ever notice today that, that our culture today glorifies even prostitution? It's in the movies, it's in music videos, it's in all kinds of things. Uh, it's pictured as, as something that's been glorified. Uh, but there's another side to that picture that the devil doesn't tell. It's kind of like when you see the, the commercials about uh, alcohol and drinking alcohol and what happens. It's always the good, fun times that they advertise uh, on the commercials. They never advertise the, the headaches and the hangover the next day or the car accident that killed someone. They don't put those things on those kinds of commercials. Things start getting the worse for Gomer. Signs of age are starting to show up. She had been a pretty woman. She was pretty, but now she is beginning to set in. She's seeking after. She can't overtake them. She's seeking after these lovers, and she can't even find them. They've moved on to somebody else. Uh, you know, sin will take its toll on your body. Sin uh, will make an old person out of you before you know it. Uh, she's beginning to go down. Things aren't quite as much fun. She's having some heartaches. And she says in this latter part, what does she say? I will go and return to my first husband, for it was better for me then than now. She's saying, I'm going to rise and go to Hosea. I was better off when I was living with Hosea. Does that remind you of something in the New Testament? The prodigal son who finally comes to himself and says, I was better off in my father's house. I could go there and be a servant in my father's house and be better off than I am in this pig pen that I'm in. And so the story of the prodigal son is similar and comparable in many ways to the story of Gomer. The prodigal son left the father's house, and when he did start, uh, he started a decline that led him lower and lower until he finally winds up in that hog pen and says, I'll arise and go to my father. The good news about the prodigal son is that he did arise and go to his father. The bad news is that Gomer didn't. She says, it'd be better off to go back to Hosea. But she never does. Someone has said that resolutions made in a hurricane are rarely kept. You're sitting here tonight even, and you're on the road down. Maybe it's beginning to dawn on you that it's not as much fun to live for the devil as the devil would have had you to believe. I mean, maybe you begin to figure out that you're not enjoying this world as much as you thought that you were going to. You've gotten yourself into this little tight spot. The hedge of thorns is beginning to prick you. And, and you say, if the Lord will just get me out of this, I'm coming back to him. You ever promised the Lord something like that? You ever kept that promise? You done what you said you were going to do? Notice her decline. Notice what it says in verse Eight. Now back in verse 7, she's thought that all this was coming from her lovers. All the blessings were coming from her lovers. But notice in verse 8, And she did not know that it was I who gave her the grain, the wine, and the oil, who lavished on her silver and gold, which they used for Baal. So what's happening here? What is this telling us here? What she didn't know is while she was out there, Hosea was still providing for her. 
All the things that she was enjoying in those good days in the beginning there was coming from Hosea. A lot of people are like that. They don't know where their blessings are coming from. So they get the idea that this world gives them uh, their blessings. James chapter 1 verse 17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. God is the giver of good gifts, and everything God gives uh, to us comes from him. So everything that's uh, hap happening for her here, notice she's declining. She's not quite what she used to be. Uh, the day comes when uh, he, she leaves, uh, and another guy picks her up, and, and he doesn't have uh, much. So the guy she was with leaves her, and another guy leaves her, and another guy leaves her, and we find she can't even find any of her lovers, plural, she can't find them anymore. She's not wearing fancy clothes anymore. You see the decline. She's going down, and it gets worse than that. Finally, they get tired of her. Uh, she's, it's beginning to take its toll on her. And exactly what happens uh, to us uh, when we get into sin is what happens. It may not happen all at once. Uh, we don't leap into backsliding from a diving board. Most Christians uh, go into backsliding on like a sliding uh, board. Uh, it's a gradual thing. Uh, and so she's just sitting there in a trash heap, if you will, so to speak. She's not, uh, he, this man has not been good to her. She's hungry. And one day while she's away, uh, there's a knock on the door. A man comes to the door and says, yes, what is it? And Hosea's standing there. And if, is there a woman living here with you named Gomer? And he says, yeah, what of it? The man that was with her. He says, I'm her husband. What do you want to do about it? I'm not here to cause any trouble, Hosea says, but I just got to thinking that maybe she was kind of hungry. He brings her some groceries. He brings her some food. That's what she's talking, he's talking about here in, in this verse. She didn't know it was me who was giving her the, the grain. She didn't know it was me that was giving her uh, the wine and the oil and lavish silver on and gold on her. I gave it to the guy, and she thought it was from him. She thought it was coming from him. Gomer looks at the man she's with and said, oh, you're so good to me. That's exactly the way Christians act sometimes with the world. They think that everything comes from the world and they don't know that it's the Lord that keeps blessing them and providing for them. Hindrances, a hedge of thorns, heartache. She's hitting the bottom. Notice there's also humiliation. She doesn't even no, she's humiliated now. She's totally hit the bottom. And we have her departure, we have her decline, and now in verse 9 through verse 13, we have her desperation. Notice verse 9. Verse 9 says, in verse 10, Therefore, I will take back my grain in its time, and my wine in its season, and I will take away my wool and my flax, which were to cover her nakedness, now I will uncover her lewdness in the sight of her lovers, and no one shall rescue her out of my hand. So this is what Hosea is doing to her. He says, I'm the one who's been providing for her all along, and she doesn't even know it. So now I'm going to start taking all that back from her. I'm not going to provide all those things anymore. The same God who says in verse 8, I gave all this, is the same God in verse 9 and 10 who says, I'm taking it away. The Lord who gives is also the Lord who taketh away. 
That's how God works. In the first stages of your backsliding from the Lord, the Lord still provides the necessities. But if you continue to stray away from the Lord, if you refuse to come back to the Lord, you're going to hit desperation and your necessities are going to collapse. You think you got that job, you can walk in tomorrow and the boss says, I'm sorry, we don't need you anymore. You say, I lost my job, God took it away from me. That money you think you have to spend to pay your bills, to pay your rent, all of a sudden it just dissolves like the fog. You don't even have the money to pay for rent. And you think maybe the landlord did it, but God's doing it to you. God loves you so very much. He will do whatever is necessary and he will shake you up in whatever way is needful for him to do in order to bring you to your senses and show you that the life of spiritual unfaithfulness is a life of misery. Notice the necessities collapse when you go down to verse 11. And I will put an end to all her mirth. She's been living it up. She's been having a party. I'm going to take away her mirth, her feasts. I'm going to put an end to her new moons, her Sabbaths, and all her appointed feasts. The, the festivities cease. I'm going to take all the joy out of her life. And she's going to find out what life really is like without me. That's what God eventually has to do with us if we continue to refuse to turn to him he brings us to that place and gomer he's saying gomer's not going to have any fun anymore the bible talks about the pleasures of sin and i'm not going to stand up here and tell you that there's not pleasure in sin i'd be lying if i did there are people out in the world they're having a big time uh, they're they're backslidden christians having a ball the bible talks about the pleasures of sin but that's not the end of that verse if you read the rest of that verse, the Bible says the pleasures of sin are for a season. There is an end to the pleasure of going away from the Lord. Everything you really need is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the joy you really need, you can only find in him. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 3, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That's in Jesus Christ. In Colossians 2 verse 10 it says, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. Everything you really need, you'll find in Jesus. But when you turn from the Lord for the pleasures of this world, it'll be the pleasures of sin for a season necessities collapse we see the festivities cease but notice another thing in verse 12 and verse 13 anxiety has come verse 12 says and i will lay waste her vines and her fig trees of which she said these are my wages which my lovers have given me i will make them a forest and the beasts of the field shall devour them and I will punish her for the feast days of the Baals when she burned offerings to them and adorned herself with her ring and jewelry and went after her lovers and forgot me, declares the Lord. So fear begins to come. Remorse begins to come. That's what happens when a child of God who is guilty of spiritual unfaithfulness commits spiritual adultery against the Lord. How is it between you and the Lord? How's your love life with Jesus? See, the Christian life is basically a love relationship with Jesus Christ. How long has it been since you said to the Lord, My Jesus, I love thee. I know thou art mine. 
For thee all the follies of sin I resign. My gracious Redeemer, my Savior art thou. If ever I love thee, my Jesus, tis now. Let me ask you, I'd, I'd encourage you to go read all the rest of those verses to that song. Is your love life with Jesus where it ought to be? There was a man who was watching the great preacher Charles Spurgeon one day. Saw him cross the street and as Spurgeon was crossing the street, right in the middle of the street, Spurgeon stopped for just a moment and he prayed and then he went on across the street. And the man, he was just so enamored by it and he was so curious, he approached Mr. Spurgeon and he said, excuse me, Mr. Spurgeon, I just couldn't help but notice it seemed to me that right in the middle of the street that you stopped and you prayed. And Spurgeon said, that's right. He said, because I crossed, as I crossed the street, there seemed to be a cloud that came between my soul and Jesus. And I don't even want a cloud to come between me and Jesus. Let me ask you tonight, is there anything in your life between you and Jesus? Don't become a prodigal. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your truth and thank you for your word tonight. Father, I pray your blessings on this word as we continue to study the book of Hosea, as we continue to see more of your love, even in the midst of the judgment that is brought upon Gomer, that is brought upon the nation of Israel, that is even brought upon us when we stray away from you. You love us too much to let us stay in our sin. And so, Father, do whatever it takes. Do whatever it takes to bring us to that right relationship with you. Forgive us, Lord, for where we have strayed from you. Forgive us, Lord, for where we have been disobedient and where we have gone after the ways of this world. And Lord, renew our relationship with you once again. Father, I pray that you'll restore us and set us on the path of righteousness for your name's sake. We ask your blessings upon us to lead us one day at a time, one moment at a time, to a deeper love and a closer walk with you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, thank you so much for being here tonight. Thank you for joining with us there online. We look forward to seeing you this coming Sunday. Come and join us in person, 915 for Sunday school, 1030 for worship. Uh, you can join us again there if you have to online, but you have a blessed week. Stay safe. We'll see you this coming Sunday.